0: All right, beautiful people. I want to thank you for joining me here this morning. I am Nube Brown, your host here on Prison Focus Radio on KPOO, San Francisco, eighty-nine point five. It is a beautiful day. Um, I want to again thank all of you—not all of you that are listening, all of you that are have been listening for a while, and um, all of you that are new. I want to give a big shout out to all of our. Um, the beautiful family members, our loved ones behind the walls, and their family members as well. Um, I hope you have been having a beautiful week. This is graduation week. I will be watching my son uh, graduate from UC Santa Barbara, and um, actually on the day that this show will air. So um, proud of you, my son. Um, and you know with that said there're thousands of families millions of families mothers and fathers that are that are missing their sons that have not and daughters their children who have not been able to even had the decency of reaching their full potential because this system has them completely under assault. And make no mistake, we are all in that. Count your blessings, please. But understand, when other people are oppressed, we are oppressed. And it's our duty to stand up. So I also want to give... I want to just... I want to send out... It's a lot of, of love and support for all of those families whose children have been taken away from them, who've been murdered by the state, by police, murdered, brutalized and murdered by guards inside of our prisons and in our jails, and by just violence in general, uh, because this sick this system of capitalism and imperialism is uh, creating conditions which are incredibly abusive. And we hear at Prison Focus Radio... California Prison Focus, San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper, Cage Universal, all of us are non-LSPC, California Coalition for Women's Prisoners, Women Prisoners, and so many others. Abasol, there are just so many others. Um, this is why we are about abolition. And I also want to say, I'll probably say it again on the weekend, I mean (laughs) at the end of the show, but the prison system doesn't just affect the people inside and brutalize the people inside. That's why I give a shout out to the family members, because the family members go through it too. And in essence, then our communities go through it. But I am a family member. My loved one is Malik Washington, many of you know, of course. And we have been on our journey um, of him coming from prison, uh, being here in the community, and being home uh, together now. He has been on an ankle monitor since April. We had light at the end of the tunnel. We know under the at the latest, they could have him on the monitor until probably sometime in July. But as it is, because also because of a lot of the work that we did out here, this is why it's important that we gather. It is important that we protest. It is important that we do not stay silent. Because Malik will be coming off of his monitor this Friday. June 11th, um, somewhere between 5 and 7.30 on Friday morning. So that is a light that we will be able to finally recognize, and we are very grateful, and uh, we wish the same for so many of the other people, our community members and our loved ones, that are still shackled by the state, even while they are out from behind, the walls, and bars of prisons. All right, um, we're going to get started here. Love y'all again. Thank you so much for being here. We are going to start with my um, a call that I got from David Easley out of Toledo, Ohio.
1: Okay, we are ready.
3: Okay. Yeah, this is... um. Command Easley at Toledo, Ohio Correctional Facility. Um, anybody want to contact me? My my prison ID number is three zero six four hundred. Um, and you can contact me via email by sending it to jpay.com. dot com. But uh, yeah, uh, basically. Um, Wanted to report all's going on and to on the struggle and stuff. We got comrade uh Mark Haston, A.K.A. Mustafa. He's been on hunger strike for uh, thirty one days. This is second hunger strike, the last hunger strike was uh forty two days and I-
4: this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored.
3: Yeah, he's been in solitary confinement um, for a little over four years now for nonviolent uh, institutional conduct reports. Pretty much he's doing a supermax uh, status. And um, he's been protesting. He's been protesting concerning uh, uh, his, uh, his his prolonged solitary confinement and his mental health condition. He's not getting mental health treatment Um uh, the mental health supervisor named Kasperchek has denied and refused him all treatment. Like they, they're not, they're not running programs. They said because of COVID-19, but now that the, the COVID restrictions are up, they're still not running programs, uh, and they misdiagnosed him. Um, then they sprayed him, sprayed him with mace about uh, three, four weeks ago. Uh, so he's just been. He's just been uh back and forth uh you know, uh, uh in a in a you know, beefing, battling with the administration about how they're treating uh mentally ill prisoners and throwing them in prolonged solitary confinement. You know, the the policy is now in the minimum is two years, twenty four months in uh prolonged solitary confinement. And you can do up to five, to five or five to ten years in long solitary confinement, depending on the situation. But the 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 the, it's, the crazy thing is, they're putting seriously mentally ill prisoners in isolation for two years. You know, wow. you got guys cutting, you got guys cutting themselves. Uh, one dude um uh, uh killed himself about a year ago named uh Duncan Duncan and uh he hung himself from the bed and they sprayed him mm. with a big can of uh, a riot can of mace when he was hanging. So they said they could have saved his life but when they poured, took him down they uh they had to uh Get, they they were trying to they couldn't re, uh, re uh, how you say it like repri- reprieve him or him. oh because exactly. it was so much yes. mm. yeah they couldn't yeah they couldn't resuscitating because he had so much mace in his lungs oh. or whatever and like I and I kept telling them I said you're not allowed to spray someone that's unresponsive. I said, what if they're having an epileptic seizure? I told them that in 2018. They didn't want to listen. And now somebody ended up dying. You know, it, it became a big issue or whatever. But like, yeah, there's just so much going on down here. They just had protesters, um, at the front entrance, I believe, uh, on my behalf and Mustafa's behalf, uh, local protesters, uh, Julia Mack of, uh, Action Solidarity Network and Black Lives Matter. At uh, Toledo, In Toledo, Ohio, they was just out there boy, uh, boycotting and stuff. So, it's, it's just, right now, it's just so much going on because of this warden. we got a new warden down here named Gordon May. Um, her old May, that's his name, and he's just...
4: This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored.
3: Yeah, Warden May is just—he's uh, putting all these restrictions, excessive restrictions, and, and and upping the penalties on everything, giving people uh, up to 180 days, sometimes 90 days, and and the hole. And then you could possibly, depending on what it is, then you could do another two years and prolong uh, solitary confinement. So like, we're, we're we're about to file lawsuits on the uh, on the board and. Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, it's just been hunger strikes after hunger strikes and stuff. And, and uh, uh, he, he's taking people's songs, uh, cause he don't want us talking to the movement, the Bayview. He's trying to stop people from communicating. People like us that's in touch with the media, Bayview, Amani Saroy and all that. Like he, like Mustafa, uh, they got a group called Prison Kills and, um uh yeah, they they shut the whole JP operation down, took his phone and said he's not allowed to respond to his own mail. But the movement can write him sending him JPay's emails, but they won't let him respond on J-Pay. The Only way he could respond it sometimes is to write the people back with snail mail and put a different put let somebody else send a letter out with a fake with with another person's name on it so they won't open his mail. You know what I'm saying? And uh his name is Mark Hankston. You spell that H I N K S T O N Hankston. And uh his number is seven oh seven oh eight. And uh, like I said, it's, jpay.com. Sorry, again? can you
1: say his number again? Can you say Mark Kingston and his number one more time?
3: Yeah, it is seven zero seven
1: eight zero
3: eight. Seven zero seven eight zero eight. Okay. Right, and uh, yeah, you can send emails to him. Also, and me by going to jpay.com and creating a jp account. That's how you send emails. is the letter j p a y dot com, and you can email us. And it would be, be- it would be nice if you could uh, send us a snail mail address to write back at or response because I can well I can respond well, if anybody write like me I can respond on J-PAY. But hit Mark Houston... He could get your emails but he can't respond back to your emails but still it's good to you know, shine some light on him, let him know people out there is uh uh are uh, thinking about him and 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 you got you know, supporting him. He's an IWAC. He's a, a member of IWAC, um incarcerated workers organization committee and uh so it it would be good to give him a snail mail address so he could write back with a uh, snail mail letter or whatever and respond
1: okay we can definitely do that here we will definitely put that out here um, how is Mustafa doing I mean he's been he's been maced and what we understand out here in California when they mace you they don't give you a chance to clean up either so you just have all of this um, you have all this mace all over you and you're not able to even get it cleaned off. and how,
3: yeah, is how did we, the, yeah I wonder how did y'all know about that
1: uh because our uh the,
3: the prisoners write to us and let us know that that's happening oh yeah yeah like we i got a, a lawsuit in now uh for failure to decontaminate they're mm-hmm. supposed to decontaminate us and they don't do it and uh so they yeah they let us make us sleep in the mace and stuff burning all night and stuff like that but since i filed a lawsuit like, they're, they're, most of the time now, they're pretty good at trying to decontaminate, but they'll decontaminate you by just letting you put your face under the sink for three minutes and, you, and let the water run over your eyes. But then dudes that have nice on their testicles, it'd be dripping all down their legs or on their arms and stuff like that. So it does no good if all they're going to do is let you put your face under the sink because you might have it somewhere else. You might have it on your arms, body, and it it just stays on you all night burning. You can't sleep. It's it's like having a, like being tear gas and just sitting there burning all night for two days straight. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That is a problem. I and so and do you want to tell us why um why you and the staff are being treated like this?
3: Um this is a rhetorical question. Well, well um me back in December I had an interview with uh Armani Soros she had got me an interview with Time magazine and I did an interview about a uh, a COVID outbreak we had in November December and um It was insane. It was like 177 correctional officers infected with COVID. And, um, I put this...
4: This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored.
3: I put this report up on my website. My website is called decarcerateohio.noblogs.org. And, um on the website I put the article on there and on uh Instagram my Instagram is DecarcerateOhio underscore thirty three and it's, the report is called the Eye, the Eye on Ohio. And um they're talking about why did in Philadelphia why did uh the twenty two prisoners die at the beginning of COVID and in Ohio um seventy seven prisoners died. And they say Ohio we got the worst the worst uh, statistics for um uh, COVID nineteen in prisons. Uh, we had Marion, Ohio um infected with sixteen hundred prisoners had tested positive here in Marion at the beginning of the year in um Elton Federal Prison and stuff. So I put that report up and then I did an interview with Time Magazine um, it's an online interview uh, I did back in December 28th. Um, you can look it up um, on the online edition of Time Magazine with me and a guy named Mario Smith. Um, so like after that, everything for a little bit was cool, and uh, like uh, I had got word from one one. Um, uh, one officer, he said, "Look, man, we ain't got no problem with you." He said, "It administration. This new warden wants uh, wants me out the way." And so, uh, basically, what I I started realizing, I guess they, they're they monitoring me, like they be looking at my my social media accounts and uh, websites, and they know who I am. They know who Mustafa is. They know that we're. He's uh, I walk, Conrad, and you know um, we just we 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 got outside support. They don't like prisoners. They got a whole lot of outside support and news media and Black pa- uh, Black Panthers and Black Lives Matter support and all that. They just they don't like that because we're exposed. I'm like I'm teaching comrades how to do freedom of information uh, requests at prisons. By like, uh, in Ohio, it's called the Sunshine Law. <clears throat> and every prison has what you call a Freedom of Information, uh, coordinator. And so like, whenever they beat someone or spray them or mistreat someone, I'd be like, hey, you know, do a public records request on the surveillance cameras and request this surveillance tape and, um get copies of the surveillance tapes where they spraying this guy or they torturing this guy. And, uh, the public, it's a public record, so they gotta email it or give outside comrades copies of the surveillance tapes. So, like, dude, I'll be teaching comrades all that stuff and, um, t- explaining to people we need private investigators to do our own independent investigation on these prisons. And I'll be right, disability rights has federal, so, um, federal. So, Uh, uh, powers to investigate any prison in Ohio, and uh, recently I told the Comrade, the writer of the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate mental health down here, because the mental health is terrible. Like, we had one guy cut his ear off, and they, they don't got a treatment facility within this facility, and they don't like transferring prisoners out to these residential treatment units. That has mental illnesses because they're trying to save money on transportation and stuff like that. They, they, what they need is a treatment unit within the facility, but, or transfer them out because this is a maximum security prison, so they should be at a lower level of security. So, as a result of them not having treatment units and the, the necessary, we don't even have an on-site mental health doctor. And so, as a result of not having those type of uh, protections, a lot, lot of their health here is just uh, mistreated and abused and stuff like that. So, we we be advocating about that in here real strongly because they just throw many of your prisoners in solitary confinement. They'll be back there two, three years, you know, and they'll forget about them.
4: This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility.
1: And may be recorded and monitored. Right. So you're just mixed. and so um, yeah. So that exposing that, shining the light on that, like you said, you know, using the sunshine law um, is um, just uh, the response to that is just to retaliate against you and try to keep you silent and try to try to keep uh, you you all visible. Do you? Uh, and so, like you said, and then during COVID, of course, there has of course the COVID being is an excuse for not giving you programming. How was the programming before
2: um how was the programming
1: before COVID hit and also um do you feel like there's a level of uh warehousing that's going on?
3: Yeah, yeah, before COVID hit, it was just warehousing and and so I like I said before, I filed a lawsuit. About the mental health department down here and breach of confidentiality, like they wasn't uh, talking to us in the office and, and respecting confidentiality. Uh, I filed a uh, lawsuit about uh no, no treatment, lack of treatment in programs. So when I filed the lawsuit, they, they built a program room and started running programs just to make it look good and get, get their federal funding. They did that for about maybe a month and a half and it was over with. Then uh uh the mental health supervisor then her name was Maggie Jelinsky. They and she ended up uh getting fired because she was uh engaging in sexual activity. She had sex with one of the pa- one of her patients mm-hmm. in the back room wow. and uh like <laughs> so like, now, uh, one of the comrades, Neo, like, they just was doing some research on Toledo uh, correctional officers, staff members in the warden, and she popped up. Like, you could you could Google her and she she'll pop up. They just gave her three years probation and uh, 60 days in, in uh, the work in the county jail, uh, jail time, um, and dropped her sexual battery charges and got her with falsifying records. But from the C, I I and got walked out, like everything really just fell apart, and we was then we got a new supervisor, and now the new supervisor Casper, a check. He's a disciplinarian. He don't believe in advocating for mental health or nothing. He believes in just disciplinary, disciplinary, disciplinary. Punishment, punishment, punishment. Like, he doesn't focus on the mental illness. He doesn't focus on the diagnosis and the prognosis, which is what he should be doing. So now we're all writing him up about to sue him or whatever about just just – we call it a, a lawless infrastructure. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, they don't follow the rules when it come to us. You know, when it co- you know, like they don't care about mental health. Period. Like they, it's just, it's just, uh, it's pathetic. You know, you'll see guys in here bleeding, cutting, cutting their wheel with a hundred cut marks all over them. Uh, Trying, you know, trying to kill themselves because they're, they're they're just warehousing them. They're just sitting in these isolation units for years and years and years, not getting no, no type of treatment. And they, and they know they're wrong. When you tell them about themselves, they get mad. Then when you get to filing complaints and lawsuits, they get mad because you actually know what you're talking about. You know what you you know you know they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And They get mad because. You actually the stuff, you know? It's crazy. The Mustafa, Mustafa, they misdiagnosed him. And, uh, like, like, he's going through that situation. Like, he just cut, he just cut his, um his, uh, like, right, uh, what they call that, like, the Achilles, like, right down at the bottom of his leg. He cut, like, three times. They had to put him on suicide watch and stuff. And, um, they just, they just, bogging him, you know, he has been on home strike thirty one days, ain't eight. Uh, they supposed to put him in they're supposed to put him in the me, me, uh in the uh, medical infirmary and monitor him every two hours to make sure he don't die or pass out whatever and they ain't they ain't monitoring this dude every two hours. They just leaving him in isolation oh well. They'll see him every eight hours. That's when they come. Ship change.
1: Do
3: you think that there is a sense that they really don't care if he dies? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I really do. Cause uh, 31 days is a is a excessive. It's it's pathetic. And and like I've been, what I've been also doing is I've been I've been copying all their policies. I've been requesting it all their administrative rules, policies, and procedures, and I've been sending it. To our mutual comrade, you know who I'm talking about, Neo, right? Mm-hmm. You know Neo, right? Mhm. Yeah. I've been I, I've been sending out all policies and procedures and grievances and complaints that I've wrote letters that I've sent to on uh, disability in Ohio. I uh I sent him a couple of disciplinary reports where they wrote me up for.
4: This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored.
3: They actually wrote me up for self mutilation for attempting to commit suicide in solitary confinement, in prolonged solitary confinement and isolation. And so, like, what we're doing, we're making a big file. And um, I don't know if y'all heard of uh, the Mission for the International jurors or whatever else. They're about to come to a, the United States and. um in uh in october
1: in october absolutely yeah we are part of that as a matter of fact
3: right right so we all been talking about getting everybody involved in here and everything and and, and take a, a human rights complaint to the united nations and stuff when, when they charged uh, the united states with a genocide and stuff like that that's something i'm yeah, I've been pushing for that since 2016. I've been, I've been told the Monty I've been told Queen T, the Free Ohio Movement, and I all, I just keep pushing it. We need to go to the United Nations. We need to go, because the United States of America, if we're talking about systematic racism, let's be honest. Like these people ain't just gonna change overnight just because we're marching and and, and we're we're upset. It's gotta we gotta do more. We gotta we gotta to attack systematic racism. We gotta go to the United the United Nations and put mm-hmm. the put the, put these people on trial. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Put them on trial. Absolutely.
1: How do what kind of support have you got inside there, uh, easily? Are, are you, uh, I, I get that you are doing a lot. Mustafa's putting his life on the line. What's going on with the other, mm-hmm. you and other in there? Um,
3: look, right now, to be honest, is, is, I just got my phone back. My phone has been off, uh, it's been broke for three months. And, uh, the warden, Cut off the, all the payphones in the hole when I got the calling about <clears throat> Mustafa and stuff. So, like, it, it, it's been it's, the only way I can explain it, it's been kind of difficult reaching out to the movement and organizing in here because they got us all divided, separated. Uh, they done transferred one of the comrades out for uh, uh, assaulting the officer that assaulted him. And But to make a long story short, uh, we got one of our comrades dirty. He's in population. Uh, What we've been doing um, is is trying to uh, run a. We've been doing a study group, and uh, one of the main things that I've been wanting to do for the longest is is get. uh, I want to get involved with uh, George Jackson University and try to and try to. um, Implement that in the state of Ohio, I want to be the main thing so that like one of my comrades, the main thing we've always said is we need more political education because um, a lot of prisoners don't know what we know they don't know how to get involved and stuff like that Like it's a guy down the range now he's a head blood down here he's like hey you know man um like how can i get involved with the movement he, he you know and so sometimes the problem be there's not enough this call is originating
4: ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored
3: Sometimes it, what it be is there's not a lot a, not a lot of uh, outside support and comrades to support the prison. It be you know it be more prisoners in here that need somebody out there like a, a you know a support support uh, thing. Right,
1: so, now, a person out here that that they can continually communicate with. Alright,
3: and um, so like. That's de- dependable. A lot of times we don't have uh, reliable and dependable uh, people on the streets. And then it's just the problem is finding comrades that's serious and dedicated that you could trust. You know, but that that's just that like, you know, it's it's frustrating, you know, because you got people out there that that's using the movement. You got people out there that use us for grant money and fundraisers and all that and they don't really have our best interest in hand. So we don't we don't know who who is who out there. And so sometimes it, it creates friction and arguments and stuff like that. But yeah, we we gotta we gotta get past that and unify. That's the main thing, you know.
1: Absolutely, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, I think, uh, like you said, and it, and and it's just, and we also need to just you know call each other on um, on our integrity and and you know what it is that we're really here for. And like you said, we do need to act in, in unity and solidarity. So I really appreciate that information. Um, you know, on your um, you social have media have site. one minute remaining. Okay, so that we're ending up anyway, but we and we will make sure, um, you know, we'll
4: keep this close and home. This you call know, is the the originating from an Ohio correctional facility
1: and may be recorded and monitored. All right, but we will get yeah, this. We'll we will get this here, and we will make sure uh, we, we get the people on board. Okay.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Right. Thanks for um. All your yeah. Thanks for all your support. Did you hear about Did you hear about uh when they put us all on food on from the uh in uh, uh April twenty fifth and then that the officer beat me and slayed me April twenty fifth when they put us seven of us on food.
0: All right. Unfortunately, uh, David Easley and I got cut off, but um. I am in touch with a friend of his here on the outside named Neo, and he gave me this information about the 425 incident. And he says here, uh, Comrade Easley was assaulted and stripped naked by guards at the facility on 425, and Officer Hilton typed, To stick a riot can of mace in his mouth, and only because Easley was able to move, that pig instead redirected the can towards his eyes and sprayed. Easley was turned on his stomach, where Hilton, along with officers Cox and Ford, then began an assault of him by punching and kicking him in the head and face while the whole time he was handcuffed. Comrade Easley is maintaining a GoFundMe page. And a GoFundMe page hasn't started so easily can try to obtain legal assistance and relevant details are laid out for what all has transpired there of note. And the GoFundMe page, um, is help inmate David Easley. Um, look, I mean, millions of prisoners are needing help all over, <laughs> just all over the country. So, um, If this is the place where you would like to direct some of your funds, please go to GoFundMe.com and look up Help Inmate David Easley. Please, this is a brother also that uh, we have been working with here at the San Francisco Bayview National Black, not here, but at the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. Um, And these kinds of stories uh, you can also find by going to uh prisons.org, which is the California prison focus website where this uh, radio station, of course, was born from. If you want to get in touch with uh, Comrade Hinksley, Mustafa, it the Mark Hinkston, sorry, Mark Hinkston, H-I-N-K-S-T-O-N, and his number, if you want to catch him on JPEG, is A707808. There is a num- the letter A before the number 707808. We are going to go ahead and take a short musical break, and then we will come back with uh, the continued reading of the evil dehumanizing practice within the Short Corridor Torture Chamber by Satawa Nantambu Jama'a and Mutope Duguma, as well as a few other voices. All right, we'll see you back in a few.
2: No we can to, to bring some
0: is part five of the evil dehumanizing practice within the short corridor torture chamber by Sitawa Nantambu Jama'a and Mutope Duguma. Last week we left off with new Africans were placed in separate pods then isolated in the SCTC which is the short corridor torture chamber then isolated in the SCTC from one another for the purpose of social Social, cultural, and racial deprivation by utilizing psychological warfare. Food. Prisoners have had their food reduced to mini-meals, literally where the prison devised a plan through a heart-healthy diet plan that actually was manipulated to reduce the prison food by 50%, 50% from what it was when the following foods were removed from prisoners' diets. All fruits, except bananas, apples, and on occasion, canned fruits. Tomatoes, onions, potatoes, various vegetables, or any edible meat except the fish, and that's depending on which one the prison served. No sugar, no salt, no, season, no seasoning whatsoever in the food. It's served bland. No flavor. We are issued a murky, liquid substance in our beans. The meat we do get is processed poorly and deliberately prepared that way. The food is hard to eat and very unhealthy, plus it's served cold. Breakfast and lunch is packed like a happy meal. Dinner, too. Therefore, if you don't go to the store in the SCTC, you will be hungry, and sometimes even if you do go. If you are active with your exercise, then as a grown man, age 19 to 30, you need somewhere around 3,000 calories a day. If you are of age 31 to 50, 2800 to 3000 calories per day. This is from the 2007 World Almanac Book of Facts. Therefore, we are being underfed tremendously by the prison's officials deliberately. The quote heart-healthy diet is a diet is a death diet because there is no nutritional value in the food whatsoever and the dietitian Laura Morena, has been deliberately allowing these prisons to feed prisoners unhealthy food that is actually a threat to their heart health. The poor quality food is part of why prisoners are suffering from these diseases. High blood pressure, hepatitis A, B, and C, thyroid inflammation or dysfunction, diabetes, etc. The poor quality food is how PBSP and CDCR, Food personnel and officials save money while subjecting prisoners to a non-nutritional diet that comprises prisoners' health. Sorry, that compromises. Let me read that again. The poor quality food is how PBSP slash CDCR, food personnel and officials save money while subjecting prisoners to a non-nutritional diet that compromises prisoners' health. This is a clear violation of the USDA dietary guidelines, and on top of that, Prisoners are not even allowed to purchase their own healthy foods with their own money. So we eat calories for sustainability, that's in quotes, that do nothing for us at all, double explanation point. According to the prison, all, quote, healthy foods are a threat to institutional security. Healthy has quotes around it. Let me read that again. According to the prison... All healthy foods are a threat to institutional security, which is why the prison provides poor-quality, non-nutritional valued foods and only allows prisoners to purchase unhealthy foods in their commissary packages, making sure that prisoners' health continues to deteriorate or ensuring that they crave the junk food that they are only allowed to purchase, along with a forced, deadly diet provided by the institutional food personnel. I got to say something about that, people. I, I hope you're feeling the same way. If the good health of a prisoner, who of course they don't even deem a human being, but if their health is considered a threat to institutional security. Just think about what that means. Okay, I want to remind folks that this booklet, this incredibly informative, powerful booklet, was written during the time that these guys were, well, Sitawa and Wutope and the other hundreds were being subjected to the torture of solitary confinement. Knowing full well that everything, this was about breaking them, and this is proof of it here, think about that people when you eat your good food and healthy food and how important it is for us to get healthy food out here and how we want to give healthy food to our children because it makes them strong it makes them it gives us and our children the ability to reach our full potential and here very clearly and i believe this is uh, this is written somewhere it doesn't have a date but i'm guessing somewhere it's it's before the hunger strike so it's got to be like 2010 or or earlier and being healthy is a threat to institutional security that means a healthy mind healthy body a healthy spirit is a threat to their security. This is political. This isn't about doing time for a crime. This is about breaking people who are strong, who have the potential to be strong, who have a potential to, to educate others and empower other people. And that is the reason. They are being subjected to the torture of solitary confinement. And these men are still caged, being still subjected to the toxicity of prison. Ah. <sighs> But this scam is about fleecing the American taxpayers where prisoners are placed on medications in order to deal with ailments that sufficient food could actually cure or at least allow prisoners to maintain themselves. Foods that supply protein, minerals, vitamins, etc. This practice allows the prison medical personnel, and prison officials to continue to fleece the state of California under this false medical treatment in which they get billions of dollars for taking care of none of the prisoners' medical needs. They are the cause of the medical problems by providing a non-nutritional diet to prisoners. And this is still going on in 2021. Reparations, anyone? Call the governor, 916 445 2841 The food has been constantly used as a weapon against short corridor prisoners because it is diluted with a liquid substance in order to manipulate the weight. The kitchen cooks are required to serve you as per the prison menu, certain weights per serving. We have also found that we are being served a high, quote, we are high soy diet. For many, this is not good. Prisoners in solitary confinement have to check their food due to floor officers who drop bread or coke on the floor in the process of feeding us and then place it back on the trays. Prisoners also got to watch out for vindictive guards who purposely contaminate our food with urine, saliva, or other unsanitary um, uh, measures, a common practice back here in the SCTC, where food is used as a weapon against prisoners. The food is deliberately prepared so badly that most times you have to disregard it altogether. This is done for the mere purpose of trying to emotionally, psychologically play on the minds of prisoners, which causes physical harm and psychic drama. This form of attack is effective against us when it is complemented with the other attacks in which prisoners in the short corridor torture chambers find themselves at odds and constantly in a state of war for their survival. Mail. In the Short Corridor Torture Chamber, SCTC, each building D1 through D4 has an assigned IGI officer that screens each and every piece of mail that comes in through the mailroom. The IGI, ISU, demands that every piece in and out going mail is to go through them books, letters, pamphlets, cards, magazines, newspapers, embossed envelopes, blank paper, pictures, drawings, and legal mail. The mail is used as a ploy to psychologically play on the prisoner's psyche. The COs interpret wording in our letters in order to label our letters as political writings or gang activity or a threat to the security of the institution when they know this is not the case. They use return-to-sender stickers to reroute mail back to prisoners when they know the address is valid on outgoing mail. They confiscate incoming mail web... Without ever notifying the prisoner, the mail came in, which is why, which is against CDSR policy. They use a stopped mail notice form, C128B form, in order to try to intimidate our families, friends and associates who correspond with us. This they do to try and scare correspondents into believing that this is possible criminal activity and that both of you can be held accountable. Therefore, it's an intimidating process. Intended to discourage your correspondent from wanting to communicate with you, and again, it's very effective. The CEOs run an investigation for identification on every correspondence you have, for validity of the address and who lives in the residence the correspondence comes from. They check for criminal records and who is on parole and probation. They then forward this, quote, intelligence or any information they deem relevant to agencies, the police, the parole officers, probation officers to check into those in question, either covertly or overtly. They have tapped telephone conversations and correspondence phones. They are equally as invasive when prisoners serving life in solitary confinement simply communicate with another prisoner in the short corridor torture chamber. They keep dossiers of all prisoner correspondence. By implementing and instituting all these actions against prisoner correspondence, they are able to discourage as well as compromise all prisoners' communications. They have opened investigations on non-profit organizations that help political prisoners or advocate for prisoners who are in supermax shoes and SCTCs, short co- and the SCTC short corridor torture chamber. All right. Lastly, before we go, um, there is another action that you can take. There is an emergency phone zap that is ongoing for our brother Kijana Tashiri Askari. And here it says that our beloved comrade Kijana Tashiri Askari is being retaliated against for exercising his constitutional right to file grievances against corrupt officers for practicing racial discrimination and sexually harassing prisoners. Brother Askari has been informed he is being transferred out while up for a parole board hearing next month, which will also place him away from his terminally ill father. Prison administrators have pushed Brother Ascari's June 30th parole hearing to November 17th in order to facilitate this coerced transfer. Um, Brother Ascari is one of the hunger strikers, I believe. Um, Please email, write letters, and call the CDCR Secretary in Sacramento, California. Voice your outrage about this. CDCR Secretary Kathleen Allison at 916 323 6001. Yes, right. Hello. And this is what you can say Hello. I'm writing, calling, or emailing. Concerned about the retaliation experienced by Kijana Tashiri Askari, who is currently being treated for specific health conditions and is being transferred outside California Medical Facility with no notice and not within 90 days of his parole hearing. We are concerned that. This retaliation is in regards to Brother Askari exercising his constitutional right to file grievances against corrupt officers for practicing racial discrimination and sexually harassing prisoners. This transfer is in violation of his right to appropriate health care, as well as being located close to his terminally ill father while up for a parole hearing June 30th, now pushed for November 17th. Um, this is wrong. Please make these phone calls. To Kathleen Allison. You can also email her. The phone number is 916 323 6001. If you want this information um, again, you can always find this radio show on all of your podcasts. Um, I believe you can, uh, and you can find it at prisons.org, um, the website there for California uh, Prison Focus. And like I said, anywhere you get your podcast, and I believe it's also on the KPOO.com website. You can also email me, nube at sfbayview.com. I love y'all. I believe that is our show. Thank you so much for joining me here this morning. Come back next week. We always have ways uh, to come together and support our loved ones behind the walls. Peace. All power to the people. And that is our show. Get ready for work week with Steve Seltzer. Mm-hmm.